Here we go. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Networth Podcast, where today we're going to talk all things National Basketball Association, get you caught up with everything that's happening, handicap some games, do our kind of weekly check-in podcast here. Joining me, as always, from the other side of the United States, in sunny Sacramento, how's life today spread? Oh, it's doing good, because your high-variance first quarter bets are hidden, huh? Oh, it's a lot of fun. We just got to watch the end of the Cavaliers-Sixers first quarter. Cavs plus three and a half. They get the last bucket of the quarter to cover by the hook. Isn't that the best? Yeah, definitely. Well, Spread, another reason to be happy. We've got our second ever guest here on the NBA Networth pod. Joining us, the co-host from the Floor Profit podcast, also from <laughs> California, I believe. JD, how's it going, buddy? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? Oh, we're, we're just, it's NBA season, we're almost a month in, we're about three weeks into the season, things couldn't be better, um, you know, I just had a pretty fantastic fantasy basketball week this, win this weekend. <laughs> oh, we'll get into that in a second. Going into Friday or something, and I don't know, I woke up on Monday morning and somehow I had won. Can before, you imagine that? Before we talk about that, I want to talk about your first quarter bets real quick. They're so much fun. Like, I love, I tell all of them, I, I, you, probably, you may or may not know that, I tell every single one of them. And they remind me a lot of first-round leader bets and run-in-the-first-inning yes bets, where the amount of excitement you get out of a first quarter, it's the best. It's incredible, and it's a fun way to actually bet teams that are bad. What I found is, so I just the Cavaliers just covered. I bet them a ton last year. I bet them a ton this year, and I'm going to keep doing it. It's funny. These bad teams seem to come out real hot in the first quarter, and then the better teams kind of settle in. But like you said, it's like those first-round leader bets. It's like those first-inning bets. You get all your action done you know, in a part of the game where usually you're maybe not paying attention too well. You're making yourself a drink. You're doing something else. You're waiting for the end of the game for things to get interesting. So They're great. One of the reasons I love it. Um, now, circling back to fantasy, instead of making you talk about your gut-wrenching loss this weekend, I know that you're a big DFS guy. Is that true? Uh, yeah, you know, that's kind of how, uh, how I keep I keep with the NBA this year. I, I made a uh, pact to myself that I was going to figure out DFS NBA, and um, thankfully you guys invited me into our fantasy league. I will say, although you, you beat me, I did absolutely fleece you in a trade earlier this year that I see you failed to mention, but... We'll leave that for maybe a, another podcast. Oh, wait, but. did we make a trade? I thought you made a trade with Spread. Oh, was yeah. it Spread? Oh, shit. Never mind. That's right. I fleeced Spread then. I Sorry. I not to draft and beat at least. I knew better than to do that. <laughs> He's going to be carrying me, Spread. Yeah, you got fleeced, buddy. Have fun with Ingram. But, um, yeah, so I, uh, I, I I decided to do DFS and because, you know, fall golf is so – there's not much going on, right? I mean, it's it kind of right. sucks. You're in Asia. There's a bunch of weird shit. These guys have – there's no strokes game data. You have no clue what the hell's going on this guy or why guys were successful. So put that on the back burner and uh, decided to go full-fledged in the DFS. And when you guys, uh, you know, invited me in the league, I'm like, hell yeah, I've already been doing all the research here. I, I feel like I have a leg up on them. So uh, that's kind of been my my fall and uh, in, in early winter, and, and I'm, I'm loving it. That does sound like a lot of fun. So when you look at DFS, do you have kind of a model that runs some numbers for you and you try to project points, or are you mostly kind of float through picking up angles throughout the day, trying to jump on injury news before other players, knowing when people go out, um, you know, who fills in and who gets those minutes? What do you try to look at when you're building your lineup? So it's it's basically, I, I have like a little, like a, I'm not a model, much of a model guy. I have a golf model, very simple, rudimentary kind of thing, you know, nothing too wild. And it's kind of the same with the DFS side. You're looking for usage and pace. That's really all that matters, right? Minutes equal usage, and then obviously the pace of the game matters. Um, but you do have to follow the injuries really closely because you end up getting a lot of value um, in, in certain injuries. 
But more importantly, you I play GPPs because I'm looking for the big hit. I don't really care about winning a couple of uh, uh, the big tournaments. That's just a GGP, GPP is the is the lingo for the in the in the industry. But you know the big tournaments where you know f turn five dollars into you know five thousand. That's I don't really care about the the small little you know um, what they call uh, head to heads. That's boring to me. So just I'm looking for the big the big hits. But you also have to think about ownership, right? So like tonight. I have Steven Adams at 2%. If he goes off for 50 points tonight, which he very well could because he got a great matchup against Indiana where he's going to have to play the whole game because he's got guards bonus. That's going to be a really nice hit. He's doing pretty well already, but those are the kind of things I look at early on. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You start to look for some of those angles. And there was something a little different we were talking about in, in some of our prep here. There was a particularly interesting angle <laughs> you had about Ben Simmons and, and Jordan Clarkson, and maybe even Blake Griffin we talked about a little bit. Could you uh, maybe fill the listeners in on this, um, this deep, <laughs> secret information you have? So it's funny because, you, you know, there's a, there's – there's a ton of DFS information out there, obviously. I mean, these guys have made careers out of this stuff. So I just you, you have to find other ways of looking at things. And so there are, there are uh, uh, motivation angles, just like in any other sport, right? <laughs> so whenever you get Kardashian, uh, former Kardashian booze uh, matched up against each other, uh, you typically get some, some interesting outputs. And so tonight you have Clarkson, and I Simmons was going. Uh, Simmons was obviously you know questionable going, coming into the day. He, whenever, you know, when he was uh, officially uh, available, you got to get Clarkson in your lineups. And you know what another funny one is that's going on tonight that I have him in every lineup is Bobby Portis against the Bulls because he absolutely hates the Bulls. And oh, so whenever you get, whenever Bobby Portis is playing the Bulls, he's lock and load 100% exposure because he actually, like, he's made it a point to say, whenever I play Chicago, I am going to get 30 shots up. Like, that's his thing, right? Those are great angles. I love the revenge thing. I know we do that a lot in our chat when we're doing full game handicaps, but I think that's even better for DFS. Fun. You know, a lot of that same logic you use for player props works perfect for that. 100%. Now, when you enter contests, do you try to pick like one or two lineups, or are you like a five, six lineup kind of guy? Maybe even more than that. So some, I'll tell you what, man, some of these guys, they'll put it in 150 lineups. And so, yeah. you know, I've, I've done a lot with DFS golf. I've been really successful at that. Obviously, golf is my thing. You know, that's where I've, I've you know, gained the followers and whatnot, but... What what I try to do is is I, I try to max enter whatever whatever tournament I'm going to play I want to max it. So if I if I want to do a twenty lineup tournament I'm putting twenty I'm a, I'm putting all twenty in there. I'm not putting four. If it, I'll never play a hundred and fifty lineup tournament because I just, I'm not going to make a hundred fifty lineups. So I focus on single entries, three entry maxes, and then I always play one big double up where I put just a very balanced lineup in there to double the money on the day. And those usually cash. I mean, I've been somewhat successful over, over the uh, over the early season, um, basically just having those in there because, you know, you can kind of spread it, spread the, the money around and, and find guys who just their floor is super high and you're going to get the necessary points to qualify for the money. So you kind of spread out the wealth a little bit, but ultimately max enter contacts, uh, contest for any of these DFS things is, is paramount to me. That makes a lot of sense to me. Spread any other questions on DFS? Who did Bobby Portis punch? Oh, the white guy. What the fuck was his name? Um, is he still on the team? Miritich, Nikola Miritich. Yeah, Miritich. Yeah. Oh, and Miritich is back in Europe, huh? Just, I think he is. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. He was a Milwaukee Buck, but I think yeah, he might have a huge deal to yeah. go back overseas. Okay, Stopped I was right curious in the face. they were faking off tonight, but no. No, but he, he even has it on his Instagram. He's like, Playing Chicago tonight, can't wait. It's like, who the hell says that before a game? Like, come on, bud. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. The other thing that we wanted to talk to you about, and this is just going to be JD, kind of you and me gushing here for a little bit. Um, you know, I wanted your thoughts on rookie of the year. You know, Zion Williamson is yet to play. John Morant's been very nice. Um, the two guys in, in Miami, Tyler Hero, um, none. They've been really, really great. But I know there's one guy in particular that you're a huge fan <laughs> of. Who might that be? Uh, one Matisse Thibel. Uh, he's my favorite player in the NBA. I have to, I just, I have to admit, he's just my favorite. I don't really know what else to say about him. I know that he's from Washington and you're a big Washington guy, yeah. but it's gotta be a little more than that. What about his game? What, what do mean, you love about watching him play basketball? So bonus already has eight rebounds, by the way, just, that's crazy. Um, but so, um, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I'm a huge Isaiah Thomas fan. Uh, Brandon Roy was my guy. These guys, it's just. You know, I'm a, obviously a big sports fan. I, I went to UW. I'm a, I'm a Husky fan, Husky alum. You can follow my Twitter account. I'm obsessed. I get it. But, like, Thibault in particular, you know, because Jalen Noel's in the league. He's cool, whatever. Thibault was there for four years, man. That doesn't happen. You know, you're not at a college for four years. And so I was able to watch him when he was a freshman and not getting any playing time to becoming one of the best defensive players in the entire country to now being one of the best defensive players in the entire league, in my opinion. And so it's impossible not to root for a guy when I've been doing it for, you know, to his, his seeing him grow as, a, as an NBA player. And it's nice to be able to see him come in and literally guard the team's best guard or wing every single night when he's on the floor. It's really fun. And he's holding his own just as well as anyone else could. The guy might be an all-NBA defensive player already, but he's definitely going to grow. He needs to shoot better. Uh, he needs to give a little bit something to that offense that I worry about long-term. We can talk about that later if you want, but uh, I love him to death. I root for him. I, I, he's like my favorite player for sure. And I'm a, I'm a Sixers fan now, and I know you like that. Oh, I do. I'm looking here. He's tied for seventh in steals playing 15 minutes a game. <laughs> That's incredible. 15 minutes a game, he has 1.8 steals per game playing only 15 and a half minutes spread what do you think is he rookie of the year or are we nuts i don't know about rookie of the year but i've got a fun question here who has came into the league and been as good defensively as a rookie i can't i'm like racking my head you'd have to go back to Kawhi. i think i think even Kawhi, when his first season with the spurs offensively he was really limited boy i remember watching him and his hands and basically anytime anybody went by him he would just stick his arm out and all of a sudden the ball would be in the middle of his hand somebody would be holding on it with two hands and he'd just rip it away from them lebron was underrated defensively when he came in too he was running all over the court when he was when he was a young kid too yeah, I mean those are good good names to be in the in the conversation with, though, right? I mean, it's right. just it's, unbelievable what he's doing. It's hard to think of someone to come in the league and be that good of a perimeter defender, and I think it speaks a lot to the value of being in college for four years. I agree. I know he didn't quite play man to man every single year. There's a lot of talk about his, you know, being in zone or whatever. But he had a safe place to kind of develop those skills to really hone his footwork um, and, and get to be really good at those things. And he has a lot of confidence and a lot of patience when you watch him out there on the floor. He doesn't get too messed up. My actual favorite game of his was earlier in the year when they were playing the Celtics, and he played a bad game. Um, but it was mostly because a lot of the craftier veteran Celtic players were just screwing with him the whole game. At one point, he had two fouls. It was in the first quarter. He's guarding Kemba Walker. Kemba goes by him, and he goes to stand out of the way, puts his hands in the air like he's not going to do anything. Kemba, being an absolute genius, slows down, actually takes a dribble backwards, sticks his butt out into Thibel, leans backwards, and shoots a shot, makes it, and gets the foul call. And, and Matisse was just about sick to his stomach. But he came out and played a great second half. At no point seemed to be 
disappointed or concerned or worried about all that stuff kind of going on. He actually, I thought, had a really great reaction to this stuff. So he has a great head on his shoulders. He's already an incredible defensive player. You know, offensively, he's been a little limited. I think he's getting comfortable figuring out how to move on the floor. And, um, you know, obviously the three-point line is a lot further away in the NBA. But are you optimistic about him figuring out that side of the ball, J.D.? I am because he's he's got a good stroke. I mean, you look at his stroke, and, and it's it's not a bad stroke by any means. And he's an, obviously a, a supreme athlete. Uh, he shot, I think he shot like 38% from three in college or his his senior year or something like that, which is, you know, that's totally fine. If he could just sit in the corner and shoot 37%, he would be an extreme value for the for the Sixers, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. That would, that would be kind of the dream scenario. But I think he could get even a little better than that. I, he's a particularly good cutter. He doesn't do a lot of it yet. I don't know if he's if that's the way the offense is set up and Brett wants him kind of spacing out and being in the corner or if he's just not comfortable yet making some of those cuts. But from time to time, he uh, he makes some really nice moves. And you're right, if he can learn how to shoot those corner threes or really any threes, he's going to be a spectacular player, and I'm really excited. But I think, right. I think even with that being said, that, that to me, as a bigger picture for your, for your Sixers, that's the problem is where is he going to cut to the middle of the paint where it's all clogged up by every single player because they don't have too much in the, uh, on the perimeter like are they going to be able to score well enough coming down you know when when they have to because of that spacing issue that's that's my biggest issue with the with the with the Sixers right now I think the Sixers are still trying to figure out how to play with each other. I think once Richardson, Richardson to me has been the biggest question mark in the first quarter defensively he's been good offensively he does not look comfortable he does not look ready to be the fourth, fifth option on this team. But I think once Horford and Bede, Harris, those guys start to get a little more comfortable, you know, having Simmons on the floor isn't going to be that big of a problem. They're all plus shooters from outside. So I think as the season goes on and they get a little more reps together, they'll start to figure it out. And it really, for me, comes down to Richardson and if he can get back to, you know, kind of what we saw in Miami in, in yeah. some of his years. He was good. He was good in Miami, that's for sure. Absolutely. All right, let's jump into some general topics from the week that was. We'll start with possibly the most interesting story in the <laughs> NBA. Uh, Dion Waiters apparently um, was trying to relax and, and had a gummy. Um, and for those of you that maybe you know aren't as uh, with it or woke, if you will, I don't know. Did I use that right? Does anybody or any of us know? You'll, you'll have to ask Whale. I will. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> Dion Waiters apparently had a weed gummy and it was really, really great and, and powerful. He passed out for several hours, woke up, had a seizure, and is now suspended for some reason. Um, what do you guys think of all that? I'll start with you, Spread. What do you think about Dion Waiters and uh, and all of this? I think that they're looking for a way to get Dion Waiters out of town. I think one interesting aspect of it was uh, I think Dion Waiters had a – bonus that was over a million dollars that kicked in if he had played more than 70 games so between his suspension for uh instagramming or tweeting about spolstra and now this uh that saved the heat 1.3 million dollars and uh, i think they're looking to move on from him that's an interesting <laughs> angle so you think miami might have stirred all that stuff up what do you think about that jd i'll tell you what well hat on to me the most amazing part about that is um i read that there was speculation he actually received the gummy from a teammate, and he would not rat on that teammate. So we know waiters is no snitch. Let's just say that right now. All right. the locker room to know that you have that kind of security. But you make an interesting point spread. I wonder if that's, um, you know, maybe if that story got out a little quicker than normal so they can kind of put him aside and get some of those younger guys minutes. That would be some real devious stuff. Oh, I think, I think that's completely what they did. I think Riley's pissed. Uh, after he was tweeting about Spolster, you know Spolster is Riley's guy. You Absolutely. Know, 
he's developed him into the exact coach that you know he he wants bolster to be and i'm sure he's got his back and if waiters has got a problem in that locker room i, I won't be surprised if they move on for him they don't I need him. I think that we to get a second-round pick. Yeah, get rid of that guy. He's he's. I don't need him. He got plenty of. I wins. just don't know who, who's going to take him. <laughs> it's, where's Meritage playing again? <laughs> yeah, I know. Huh? Spain, <laughs> Spain. Uh, he's over in Spain. Yeah, there you go. Players to, to the Euro League yet? Have we done that? I have to go back and look. I don't remember <laughs> any of that happening. But I think that's uh, you guys make a lot of great points, and you start to think of the makeup of the Miami Heat. Um, Deion Waiters is sucking up a lot of minutes for players that you know not only need the experience, but can probably make better use of it and have better skills. So um, you combine that with some of the tweet tweets about Spo. I think you're dead on there. Spread Riley is fully supportive of Spolster. It really is Spolster's team. Um, you know, it's Butler's team, obviously from a player perspective. But Spolster is the guy. They love him, and uh, you got to wonder as is, um, I'm not normally a conspiracy theory guy, but I like this one. I think you're uh, you're onto something there, Spread. All right, let's jump into New York, a place where things are always happening. Coach Fisdale seems to be a little bit on the hot seat. There have been a lot of interesting conversations about how they're not going to fire him, and they're not thinking about it. They're not doing it, and although the season's really bad, they're you know they have faith in, in Fisdale and a lot of the stuff that you actually hear just before the shoe is about to drop. So, what do you think, JD? Should uh, Coach Fizz be starting to look for some uh, other opportunities? Is he going to make it this season? I mean, this is just uh, the a microcosm of just that whole organization being a complete fuck up, right? Like that's so bad. And I mean, Fizdale, for all intents and purposes, the players love him. I think you know he's he's what he's running out there, Bobby Portis and Markeith Morris. I mean, what what do you expect him to do? Win games? Like that's impossible. And you know, it's actually I feel like he's pro it's probably hurting Barrett's development, which is the biggest issue here. The guy is inefficient, and I have him on my fantasy team, and I think I might drop him soon. So like, what I, I just I don't know. There's no plan. <laughs> it's it's bad. It's just it's a fucking mess, and it's been a mess for a long time. It is. It's, it's just like every single year they come in, they make a bunch of weird signings, it all falls apart, they fire a coach. Spread, what do you think? It's a, uh, my favorite joke, running joke on NBA Twitter right now is the seven power forwards joke for the Knicks. <laughs> that they went out and signed seven power forwards and then they're surprised that this isn't working in 2019. Crazy. It's absolutely nuts. Good luck to Fizz. I actually kind of hope he gets out of there. I think as you know, we've heard this a lot, and I know that I'm not saying anything new or creative, but as long as Dolan's the owner there, um, it's hard to see things changing for the better. And I like Fizz. I think he was a really good coach with Memphis. I was surprised he didn't get some better looks. So maybe he can get out of there and get a job with a, a team with a little better structure because really any job's got to be better than coaching the Knicks. Ugh, terrible. Gordon Hayward broke his hand, unfortunately. It looks like he's going to be out about six weeks or so. Um, that's going to be a pretty big impact, I think, to the Celtics, who are starting to play some really nice basketball. Hayward himself looked like he was getting back to most of his old form. Spread, do you think that six weeks is long enough for us to be concerned, or is this something that Hayward kind of shakes off and you know, is back to being him old self by kind of the all-star break or even sooner? Well, you two as Sixers fans should be concerned, but as someone <laughs> that was pro-Boston, before the season, I think it is a concern because, um, you know, you know, I like them and I think that they're underrated and they got a great chance for an upset in the playoffs. But uh, one of my, you know, keys to success for them upset would be for them to, you know, sneak the home court advantage from Philly or Milwaukee. And I don't think that if they are on the road in that series, they're going to be able to do it. And this severely hurts their chances of finishing at one or two in the East. So, um, boy, is that guy snake bitten or what? Right. I mean, he's, Finally back from his other injury. You know, we're finally saying this is the Hayward that they signed. And, you know, Absolutely. now that guy's gone again. 
I have to say though, I have to say, you know, it, it, I feel like it hurts them depth wise a little. Obviously, you know, you lose you lose one of the you know top what thirty players in the league at this point because he was playing his ass off before he got hurt. The best we've yep. seen him since Utah, right? And so, yep. but the problem, the thing is, is like his. You always think about like replacement, right? So you know, NFL or MLB, it's like who's replacing this guy? Well, in the starting lineup. It's smart, and smart is a freaking good player, man. Like he's not just—I mean, he, he probably would start on most teams in the NBA. The problem is, is the wing depth behind it. So I actually don't think it'll hurt them as much as 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 we may be thinking. Just because it'll hurt them against the good teams, but they'll still beat the bad teams. So they—if they can get him back in in six weeks, they might still be right there to make a run. I think you're right. Six weeks probably isn't long enough to throw them off too much. Um, I think again, like I was talking about when we were talking about the Sixers earlier they're still sort of figuring out and putting it together um, I wonder if this actually ends up being good for Boston like you said Smart gets some more playing time but we'll get to see the ball more in the hands of Kemba Walker see if he can get comfortable I wonder if Jason Tatum's usage picks up a little bit here and he starts to maybe get a chance to play make a little more and score some more baskets I wonder if Jalen Brown gets a chance to earn that new contract a little more so you know with injuries as much as you're losing a player you do get the opportunity to feature a couple other guys and Boston has always had great depth, so I think that they'll be okay and they'll be able to keep it together for the next six weeks, but it does limit their top-end potential as they start to face some of the better teams through that period. I also think there's a trade that they, they need to be making at some point, right? Like, I don't know if they what their draft pick situation is particularly, but they need a big, and it would be really fun to see uh, one Kevin Love on that team, in my opinion. Yep, watching Kevin Love right now, he looks spry, man. His shooting is really good. Offensively, he continues to be pretty solid. Defensively, a little bit limited, but moving his feet, getting great rebounds, and throwing those outlet passes. I think he's a real fun addition in Boston. What do you think, Spread? Yeah, I like the Kevin Love idea, too. My other one I was throwing around with you, uh, thinking that the Raptors were going to have a sell-off at the trade deadline was Marc Gasol, but I don't think that sell-off's coming. I know we disagree on that, but especially with the emergence of Siakam, I think the Raptors are going to be right there. I don't think there's going to be a sell-off coming from Toronto, so Love would make the most sense as a target for him. I like the Gasol idea. He's going to be a better and beat defender. Um, yeah. Like a big decision once you get to the playoffs. You're going to need a big guy against Embiid. Um, and I don't know if Love necessarily is the guy to step up and do that job. And maybe that ends up being Theus or, or, or Williams. They kind of throw them out there to use their six six fouls each and, and get through that. But I love the Gasol thing. I think he fits in really nice both from a character standpoint, from the way he likes to play, and then being able to guard and beat a little bit would, would be a big help. What do you think about the Gasol idea, J.D.? Yeah, I really like it. I just don't think Toronto's ever going to do that. They're, they're probably going to get a five seed, right? Yeah, I don't think the sell-off is coming, especially with Siakam emerging, like, arguably into the top ten. This well, year. shit, I mean, Van Fleet is playing he, – well, he was leading the league in minutes before Lowry even got hurt. So, I mean, he's playing his ass. He's playing great basketball, too. I mean, those two guys in the backcourt, although small, they play really great. And Siakam is emerging as one of the best players in the league. He really is. That was the one thing I didn't count enough on to the offseason. Obviously, spreads ribbing me just a little bit. Well, as much <laughs> as he really does. Spreads way too nice to me. Um We'll see. I, you know, I think the Lowry injury is interesting, but it doesn't seem to matter. Siakam just keeps playing better and better and better, and maybe that team's deeper than I gave him credit for. Unbelievable. Um, I definitely wasn't ready for Siakam to take the step forward into being maybe one of the 10, 15 best players in the league. He was grabbing the ball. He was taking the ball up the court last night, like literally grabbing it and taking it up the court as like a playing like a point forward. I was like, what the hell is this shit? Like this guy is not – I didn't know this guy had this kind of game. 
Yeah, no, he was keeping up with Leonard as the best players on the floor. Yes. You know, he didn't look like an even matchup. He didn't look uh, – no. Leonard did not make him look inferior at all. It looked like, you know, they had two equal stars leading their teams. Yeah, it was nuts. All right, from a player that I underrated to a player that I still feel very good about, Nikola Jokic did something I don't <laughs> actually know the last time this happened. Back-to-back game winners. Hits the game winner over the Philadelphia 76ers, much to my demise, and then comes out the next night and hits the overtime game winner against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, there has been a lot of body shaming of Mr. Jokic. I don't know if we're necessarily going to have that on this podcast, but we'll just take a second, and um, if you are the kind of person that can't handle that kind of talk, maybe just turn the volume down for a few seconds. Um, Spread, J.D., any thoughts on uh, Fat Jokic? (laughs) Go ahead, Spread. Yeah, I mean, I really don't have much to say. I'm surprised for a guy that played international basketball all season, he didn't look that big even during FIBA. He gained it all in like one month. It's just amazing to me that he looks so big out there. I mean, do they have Chick-fil-A in uh, uh, in Denver? Or I'm trying to figure out how this happened. He might have been the guy that Dr. gave John those gummies to Dion yeah. Waiters. <laughs> he, looked like he, he looked like he ate Dion Waiters. <laughs> Well, maybe he's just on the Shaq diet. You come in, you come really big at the beginning of the year, kind of slowly work yourself into shape. Um, who knows? It's well, either, either way. I let mean, me play devil's advocate here for just one second. Yep. All right. What if he knows that he doesn't have to be good yet, and he's just slowly relaxing because he's got a great team around him, clearly, because he's been fat all year, and they're still winning basketball games. So <laughs> what, what if he's just – you know, hanging out, slowly getting into shape, because his usage in the playoffs was unreal. And so that's not realistic for that guy. And so maybe he's just kind of hanging out. So a little natural load management. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On, on, you could load manage yeah. it for multiple yeah, reasons. It's, it's almost like unnecessarily starting a fight at the, during the middle of a blowout. There you go. You get defended for two games. I got, you know, I like the way you're thinking. Maybe that's what it is. He's kind of trying to relax. Just hanging out. Season. He knows he's going to cut weight. Doesn't want to get yeah. down to the point where he's too worried. I think you're onto something. I will say this: Will Barton is playing. Great basketball right now. The guy is 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 scoring it at will, more or less. Mitchell's playing well. I mean, it's you know no problem. I love it. It's they're a fun team. You know, they were my pick to actually get the most wins in the Western Conference. I still feel good about that. Um, just a ton, a ton of depth, and it was really just a matter of which guys kind of popped. You're right. Barton's been really good, but everybody else has been solid. Jamal Murray continues to get a little bit better. Um, that's the one year. I want to jump in and ask JD about. What are your feelings on the Murray extension? Because that's been controversial. <sighs> Uh, he's just it's he's like that quarterback that you really don't want to pay but you have to. He's like Matt Stafford. Hey, Matt Stafford? Yeah, he's Matt Stafford, he's <laughs> Matt Ryan. He's Dak Prescott. It's like you don't want to pay him but you kind of have to because he's good. But you know, I mean, he yeah, that's really all it is. I mean, is he he's 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 probably the third best player on a on a championship team, right? Yeah, I think so. I like his game. His main drawback to me is that he's inconsistent, and there's nice that he doesn't show up. But I think that Mike Malone is a strong enough coach to work around that and see when he doesn't have it and limit his minutes or just run plays for other players. Yeah, you're right. I don't know what to do with him. I, I need to watch a little more of his game. You're right, Spray. He's so inconsistent, and that always bothers me in players. Not that their shooting's going to be up and down, but the intensity. When I watch him play a lot of times, he doesn't seem to be totally engaged during every moment of the game, and that, to me, is always a problem. I think that, you know, obviously everybody has good shooting nights, bad shooting nights. They have up and downs during the season, and that stuff's natural. But when it seems to be an effort thing, um, I worry a little bit that, 
without the right supervision and the right motivation, I, I wonder if he ends up on kind of a career arc like somebody like Andrew Wiggins, um, where they get the big contract and then they just never get better. They just kind of stay where they are, and two, three years later, it's like, oh, yeah, Jamal Murray, still kind of a wafy guy, still inconsistent. You know, you look, his numbers have slowly gotten a little worse every year. I hope I'm wrong about that because this Denver team is just loaded with players and I think has some limited potential from that standpoint. So I'm a little worried about Jamal Murray, but we'll see. I, I need probably to watch a little more of his games. He's still young. He's got time. He does. All right, that was just about it that I had for opening topics. Let's jump into the standings a little bit, just kind of check in and see where we are. Um, if the playoffs started tomorrow, we'd start to look at the Eastern Conference here. You'd have the Celtics as the one seed, the Bucks, the Raptors, the Heat, the Sixers, Pacers, Cavs would be in the playoffs, and the Brooklyn Nets from an Eastern Conference perspective. I know we touched on the Raptors, which you guys wanted to talk about. Um, as I start to look the teams from a little bit outside of the playoff hunt, you've got the Hornets, the Pistons, the Hawks, the Magic. The Magic really have been struggling. Have you guys, had, have either of you had a chance to watch some Magic basketball? I mean, they're three and seven. They only have a point differential of minus 1.2. So I wonder if there's a little regression coming. They should be more of a 500 team. But um, have either of you guys had a chance to watch the folks in Orlando? I can't watch them. I can't watch their offense. They're I hate it. So I don't watch them. I can't. It's so rough. How about you, Spread? <laughs> Yeah, I think, boy, it's looking like they were just hot last year. Um, Gordon doesn't seem to be any better from the offseason, which sucks because he's a local kid and I want him to be good. Um, Mo Bamba, they're in a bind there because they want to develop him, but he's a negative impact player on the floor at this point in his career. Uh, And I just don't know what to do. Fultz is almost the same way where I know they want to play him and get him minutes because long-term it's in their their best interest but he might be a negative net negative right now and that's another reason why i can't watch him is because i have to watch Fultz, who i obviously love and i just so sad for that guy so it's like i watch him out there it's like i remember him shooting 40 percent from three at uw and now he came and get a shot off so it's like what the hell you know this they're they just depress me really all right well this cavaliers are taking up a playoff spot right now do we actually think the Cavs are going to make the playoffs or is there another team on the outside maybe the pistons maybe the hawks Maybe the Magic, even the Bulls, um, they're going to take their spot. We get Blake back, right? So that's a huge, that's yeah. a huge boost, right? Blake was back last night. He's taking tonight off, but he should be back in the fold. That should be good for the Pistons. I had the Pistons and the Hawks circled as my two teams that might pop. The Hawks continue to have injuries, and obviously the Collins suspension is going to be tough for them. But if they can keep it together for that 2025 game suspension and, and hang right around 500, I think they have a good chance to pop. Oh, and I will say this. The Knicks, we talked about them earlier. They're only two and a half back of a playoff spot. So, Well, that's, that's no, the seventh seed, I mean. <laughs> Go Knicks. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. The East is just a mess. Really, it's – it, it, you you would think the that the uh, the Pistons would have to get up into the into the playoffs at some point. Hey, earlier speaking of the Hawks, earlier we were talking about players that may not always be focused. Do you guys notice that when you watch Cam Reddish? Yes, Cam Reddish looks like he's interested in just about anything else than what's going on, on the floor. Yeah, uh, he's one of those guys that seems like he's not moving unless he has the ball. He's, I think they need to stagger his and Trey Young's minutes because you're dead on with that. When he doesn't have the ball in his hands, he does not know where to be on the floor or even seem to care to know where to be. Totally. It's disappointing because he's supremely talented. Yeah, he's... yeah. see, my heart says Hawks on that, but my brain says Pistons, even though I'm a much, I'd am much, i much rather the Hawks make it. But I think the Pistons will probably do it. And that's probably the pick. 
All right, Western Conference, and there's a handful of teams here we wanted to touch on, but let's go through the, the list real quick. Lakers would be the one seed, then the Nuggets, Rockets, Clippers, Jazz, Phoenix Suns, Dallas Mavericks, and Minnesota Timberwolves. Interesting list there. Now, Spread, we always like to check in with you on how things are going in Sacramento. Um, Darren Fox just got injured. Marvin Bagley still out. Luke Walton still, as far as I know, has yet to do, do anything to give us any optimism. What is the state of affairs in Sacramento? Have you guys moved on to something else? Well, we have nothing else, so no. But <laughs> it is doom and gloom. Have you ever been to Sacramento? <laughs> I live an hour and a half south of it. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> so we're just we're done. We're packing it. So we're still watching. Is is it? Just oh yeah. I mean, at this point, is there any optimism? I mean, what? what oh, is these our, fans are loyal out here. I mean, they're definitely loyal. As far as me, and I'd say more than fans in the know that. That Fox injury was kind of the death knell. You know, we were hoping that when Bagley came back, um, you know, we might be able to get back on track and he might be the missing piece. But, boy, without Fox and Bagley, it's looking pretty bleak. And I think we're going to see that tonight. I think that you're going to see why Corey Joseph was the backup point guard and, mm-hmm. and not the starter. I have him in DFS tonight, so hopefully he's one good game here. I do have a DFS qu- is different. I think he's going to have problems stopping the point of attack. Okay. Going. That's good. On uh, Portland, you know. I have Lillard too, so that's okay. I do have a question for you, though, Spread. Why, why, why is Walton slowing down the fastest player in the league? You know, so this is one thing I was wrong about, and this is Luke Walton like being a good addition. Where that Jaeger is looking like Malone two point all over again, where we got rid of like a coach that believed in defense for. Someone who just really doesn't know what he's doing. So hopefully Walton can learn on the job and this and that. But boy, I mean, they were you know, fun last year at least. Oh yeah, it's it's been. We've all been in shock at how bad they've looked so far this year. We really around here. We're really expecting, um, if not playoffs, at least competitive. You know, we haven't got that yet. Sad. All right, let's do a quick check-in on some of the stats through the first handful of weeks. Let's see if you guys can guess who has the best net rating in the NBA. Oh, jeez. Lakers? I would say Clippers. The Boston Celtics with a net rating of 9.5. Clippers are at 7.4. Wow. I'm sorry, Lakers are at 7.4, Clippers are at 5.2. Boston, and by a decent chunk, because the second team there is Milwaukee at 7.6, and you've got the Lakers at 7.4, the Phoenix Suns at 7.2, wildly enough. How about those Suns, huh? That's that's an interesting one. I mean, is Rubio just, like, better than we all thought? Because he's really the only, I mean, the only huge, like, change, in my opinion, there. You know, you're not a member of the Aaron Baines fan club? Oh, God. Have you seen their Twitter? They're crazy over there. No, Aaron Baines is a beast. Don't get me wrong. But. <laughs> that team is mostly about just going from a giant pile of crap to not a giant pile yeah, of crap. Yeah, that's true. I mean, to go from absolutely no one that can do anything to Rubio, who at the very least is competent, can bring the ball up the floor and, and keep Devin Booker from having to be a point guard. You had somebody like Baines who – you know, no matter how you feel about his actual talent, he's a great locker room guy, someone who's going to come out and play hard. Um, a full season of Kelly Oubre Jr. Yeah, Oubre's been playing well. Guys that they added, it's he's, they get to play with basketball players now. It's it's crazy to think about it, but that makes a big difference. Uh, and and Booker right now is 50-40-90 with and lower like split his turnover rate in half or something through three weeks. I mean, that's just nuts. 
So uh, what, what's our outlook on this team? I'm lost on this team. I don't know if this is sustainable or not. I, I don't see any reason to think it's I think it's not. I mean, they're playing this well. DeAndre Ayton is, hasn't played in a couple games. He might need to not play, though. It might be good for him not to play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of people think that at this point, you know, not you know, throw potential out the window, but just at this point, one game to play. Baines is a better NBA player than Ayton at this point. I mean, you have to think about, again, I think a lot of this comes down to the rest of the Western Conference. So circling back, you know, we did this exercise for the East. Right now, the Spurs are out. The Blazers are out. Um are either of those teams going to pop up and you know grab either the Minnesota spot or the Phoenix spot or maybe even the Dallas spot? Um, I, I would think, say yes. I hate I, the Spurs. I'm I am so off. I've been off the Spurs. They they are trying to play 1994 basketball in 2000 in 2020 like that. It's not going to fucking work. I just I'm I'm out. I'm out. I think if Aldridge was good, it would work. It just Aldridge isn't good anymore. <laughs> He's not good. I mean, Pop's just going. Ultimate, ultimate contrarian. Um, they're just eating up all those long twos. I think you're right, Spread. If Aldridge was yeah, no, I mean, just be, think maybe. if you threw Embiid in there, right, and he was trying to run it through the post, it would look genius and like the smart thing to do. That it's would look different. Trying to do it with a below average player. Yep. No, you're absolutely right. And I think the Suns can stay mostly because they have one of the best scorers in the league, right? So I mean, you're always if they have and they're they're playing a a, a very nice semblance of defense, so. Those two things combined, I mean, I I don't see why it's not sustainable. Yeah, I, it's hard for me to think of things that are going to get worse for them. You know, Booker is kind of doing what he thought he would be. Baines is playing some nice basketball. Obviously, his usage will go back down once Aiton starts to play. Um, but I've yet to see anything from the Suns that looks like it's going to slow down at any point. So for me, again, it's mostly about the other teams that they're going to get better. I think the Ma- the T-Wolves and the Mavericks are the two that are, are the most interesting to me. They're sitting there. You know, they're just kind of hanging out. The T-Wolves have the most dominant player right now, I would say, it's offensively. Amazing. Yeah, and... So is Carl Anthony Towns your MVP so far through three weeks? I think he's got it. Well, the problem is his MVP doesn't doesn't care about defense, as as, uh, as exemplified by Kawhi not winning when Westbrook won. But um, Timberwolves, I mean, he doesn't play any defense, but offensively, yeah, absolutely. What do you think, Spread? How do you feel about the Wolves? Are they legit? Okay, so yeah, let me jump in. That the the Mavericks did not surprise me at all. You know, you saw, uh, you knew Doncic was going to improve, and then you have the addition of Porzingis. Uh, they put good role players around them. Yeah. Preseason, I thought this is a team that could compete for, yeah. you know, a playoff spot. The Timberwolves and the Suns are throwing me for a loop. I didn't see much that the Timberwolves did in the off season, and it's you know we talked about coaches getting better on the last pod. I almost want to just credit to uh, mm-hmm. to Saunders learning how to coach and how to use his players properly because they haven't really changed that much and they look a lot better than they did last year. Is it either credit credit Saunders or, or, or Thibodeau is that bad, right? <laughs> I think a lot yeah. of it is getting Butler out of the locker room. I think that the Minnesota locker room is probably a much happier, more fun place to be. And I think that there isn't any power dynamics. No one's talking about that anymore. And it, it's Towns gets a chance to kind of do his own thing. But uh, you, have to, you do have to wonder how much of that is Saunders and, and his ability to be a stabilizing presence. Here's my question. Here's my question. I'm going to move I'm gonna move it a little. I, I honestly, honest God question. Do the Warriors win the NBA title next year when they have the first overall pick in their locker room along with Curry, Dre, and Clay? That's my question. <laughs> I would love for that to happen, <laughs> but I do not know. Boy, uh, really, this has shown the uh, their lack of development on these players. You know, the fact right. that they did, and I and I was 
thinking about it, that's a uh, it, it showed last year when they didn't have a bench. You know, and they weren't able to absorb the injuries last year, and they still had you know two all stars out there and in, in, uh, Steph and Draymond. You know, they just haven't been developing anybody, so they do have some flaws in their in their light years organization. So. I would like for that to happen. I like it when they're popular out here. It makes things fun out yeah. here in Northern California. And I'm not, you know, the Kings and the Warriors have never really been rivals because we've never been good at the same time. We need I mean, to, we're we rarely need, good. So we need to ask uh, our, our 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 buddy Dwayne who the number one pick is because he might be a nice little piece next to next to Curry. I thought but. he's supposed to be that Wiseman kid that got suspended from Memphis, isn't he? The yeah, but right you, now you saw they were just going to play him, and there's like screw you, we're playing him. That's what they did today. <laughs> They should. This, this <laughs> rules are so ridiculous. Let's see how that goes. I found it interesting, JD, how when you went through the list, you failed to mention D'Angelo Russell. So you're not expecting him to be on the team next year, are you? <laughs> That's a guy. That guy's not. I don't. I don't. I honestly don't have a good read on that guy. Like I, I'm a. I'm the biggest Kobe fan in the entire world. I'll just say that right now. And you know, so I follow the Lakers post Kobe, and uh, I, I just I don't really know what he is. I don't know if he's. I don't. I have. I don't have a good read on the. By the the, the player I have the least read on. Because I feel like he should be good, but then he he's not going to carry a team. But he can't be like the third best player. So where where what, what's his role? You know where is Why he? Why can't at? he be the third best player? Because he needs. I think he needs the ball in his hands, right? So it's oh, like you know, yeah. I mean, he, he could be like. I think he could, he's more likely to be like a Lou Williams six man spark guy than he is to be like the third best player on a team. Well, for the Warriors, since they can't develop anyone off their bench, that might might be exactly what they need. They need to get rid of his ass. Tank, full tank. I think that's really what it comes down to. If they can turn Russell into some cap space, maybe to pick up a piece or two or turn him into another player, maybe another wing or another big guy, you take that, you put it together with a high draft pick, maybe not the first pick, even just the top three pick, um, and, and you add that with healthy Clay, healthy Curry, healthy Draymond. You know, I think a lot of them, you know, Curry's already looking like he's going to be out for a while. Clay's going to be out for the year. I think that they will enjoy the year without having the target on their back. Um, you know, just kind of like LeBron came back refreshed this year after the first time not having to be in the playoffs in a long time. I expect there to be a big step forward. I think I think you're onto something, JD. You know, even without that pick, I wonder with just having those guys come back in, a, in an NBA now where there isn't really a team with three really great players. Yeah. They have a chance to have three really great players and some depth. They get a, they can turn Russell into something, pick up a draft pick, and who knows, maybe turn the draft pick into another player or something. So their options are, are really this, high. So I like where your head's at. This is some Popovich Duncan shit right here. I'm telling you right now. All right, who has the highest offensive rating so far this season? Houston. Spread. You should know the same as last week. Yeah, it's kind of Houston, right? The Dallas Mavericks. Oh, Doncic. 112.9. Let me see what Houston's rating is. Don't just a top five player in the league. Seven. Yes. I don't know if he's top five. He's definitely top five. Top ten? Let's try to do top five then. All right, so who spread? Who's your top five? LeBron, Leonard, Donkic, Giannis. God, I don't want to say Harden, but I have to. AD's got to be up there. That's who I think kind of pumps him out of the top five. And you got to go LeBron at AD. You got to go Kawhi. Um, you got to go Harden. You have to. Okay. Well, I will say this: KD, yeah, KD is. I don't know how he's going to recover, but KD would be the guy too, right? Right. Yeah. It's if right. He'd be top five. Hey, Curry, if he was healthy, I'd put him ahead. But 
I think you're right. He's a stone cold lock for that five to ten spot. Couldn't be happier about my uh, ticket. Fun. I got him on most improved player, twenty five to one. I got him to make the pl- the All Star team. I think at like plus one sixty. So very happy about all this Doncic love. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, who has the worst offensive rating? The Memphis. Wing. No, nope. they play too fast. It's got to be the Kings, right? The Knicks. Knicks, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. An offensive rating of 99.3. That's pretty impressive. One of the only two teams to be under 100. And you guys should know who the other team under 100 is. We talked about them earlier and how boring they are. Uh, oh, Orlando, obviously, right? Very good. Yeah. All right, who has the best defensive rating? You, oh, L.A. Lakers, I know that. They do. I yes. was very surprised to see that. The Lakers are 0.6 points ahead. They're at 98.1. The Jazz at 98.7. And we should also know who has the worst defensive rating. The Warriors. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> so much fun. It's been so much fun. I have to go through and check. I think they're like the team total for the teams playing them now is like 8-2 and two on the over. Oh, it's ridiculous. Like it's like 8-2-1 and because um, Oklahoma City pushed the other night or something at like 114 or, or whatever it was. Um, I do want to circle back on the Lakers a little bit. What, why Why are they playing LeBron like 37 minutes a game? Like, this, that's just stupid. I agree. I, you got to wonder if that's LeBron. I wonder how much of that decision is LeBron. I wonder how much of that's that That's a good decision. point is the coaching staff. Um, you know, when he plays, he likes to play a lot, but I think you're right. It's kind of foolish for them to be using him this much early in the season. And, I mean, he is. He's playing all out. You watch some of the defensive highlights. Yeah. Defensive numbers are, are back to, you know, not where they were when he was elite, but much, much better. He's definitely a positive impact on that side. Spread, what do you think? Is uh, is LeBron forcing his minutes here, or is it an organizational decision to maybe get the team to pop and try to recapture L.A. a little bit? So we're going to find out. Now, because Rondo's back in the lineup, oh, and with him as a as primary ball handler, I think that would take pressure off LeBron. And I think the reason they're doing it right now is who's their primary ball handler when LeBron sits, right? Is it Caruso? Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I really do. Well, he's talking about one bald guy for another bald guy. That Every time I see him play, I just I laugh. Like, I literally I look at him and I'm like, <laughs> what the? <laughs> it must be so fun to be that guy in L.A. To kind of be like a cult hero in L.A. Do you think he? Do you think he gets any any girls with that haircut? Oh yes, I know <laughs> he does. Yeah, oh, yeah. There's no. a bunch of a bunch of ladies that are into like the kind of dad bod thing. <laughs> yeah, like he's tall. I don't know. They he looks like an accountant. I mean, there's no, there's no way they're like I play in the NBA. He's like they're like no, you don't, dude. It's fine. Unfortunately, <laughs> he's got a debate. He's right now, he does so. get that a lot. No, you don't. I play for the Lakers. No, you don't. <laughs> Watch me. <laughs> no, this oh, guy. The Lakers, is that the accounting firm's team name? There's no way. <laughs> All right, a better Los Angeles Laker, Alex Caruso or Robert Sacra? Oh, God. Oh, Caruso. I watched that Robert Sacra YouTube video of, like, I forget what beat it is they lay over it, and it's just video of him cheering over and over and over again. I love that guy. I miss him. Well, I, I think I think the better comparison is is, is Madsen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stanford legend. <laughs> Except Crusoe's actually plays, so, I mean, it's got to yeah. be Crusoe. Madsen had the most fun on the, on the championship parade. All yeah. the good shots oh. were him just freaking out. Hammer drunk. 
I think, yeah, he had basically the Pat Burrell treatment, too. I think they gave him his own bus. When the Phillies won the World Series, the first thing that you saw, it was a bus, and it was Pat Burrell and just a bunch of women. Pat the Bat. They were his, his friends, Phillies ball girls. I don't know what they were, but Pat Burrell was leading the parade. When your nickname is the Bat, that's what, that's what you do. That is what you do. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, any other thoughts kind of on the league in general? We've got some lines for the games tomorrow. I thought we could break those down a little bit. But before we do, any other thoughts on the league in general, any other teams we want to touch on? I think we've got a good peppering. You know, I, I, I oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, you're good. I was gonna say, since you're on here, why don't we give you? Uh, why don't you give us a quick uh, um, conference finals uh, prediction and maybe an overall winner prediction? Oh, I mean, I'm I'm gonna be chalkier than chalk. It's gonna be the LA teams in the in the. I mean, okay. I, was, I mean that that seems like a no brainer. And I actually think it's gonna be Celtics uh, Celtics Sixers. I, I so you think Milwaukee's going to go down too? I just don't think they have. I, I just I haven't liked. I know they're seven three, so it's really hard to like say you don't like what they what you see. But I just don't think they have enough talent. Like you know, they they're they're outmatched. They 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 would have. I mean, the the Boston would probably have three of the four best players on the floor. Sixers would definitely have three of the four best players on the floor. I just don't know how that's sustainable. Yeah, the thing is, if you run a zone against Giannis, you can stop him. Yeah, and those and Boston's are. one of the teams that's smart enough to do it. So is Miami. So uh, Milwaukee's kind of got a minefield there in the East. Yeah, and you know who I'm? I, I can't believe I'm saying this because I do not like them. But if I were to see a LA team go out of the West, you know, and not be in the finals, I'm kind of starting to think Houston could sneak in there. I think this Westbrook Harden pairing is better than I expected. <laughs> I mean. I think I, I bet the regular season teams all over because I expect them to just kind of run through everyone. But I, I've seen these guys in the playoffs, and so have you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> it's a long season. I think you're dead on. If you know you had to bet your life on it, you're looking at both LA teams in the West. Got to wonder if the Nuggets can maybe do something. Maybe the Rockets could do something. I don't think the Jazz have found their best basketball yet either. But I think it's definitely both LA teams. Then the East. I think you're right. I like the Celtics a lot. Um, one of the last things I did before the beginning of the season, I got them to win the division at like four to one, and got a little bit on them to win the East. I think I forget what number that was on, but um, really excited about the way they've been able to gel and, and start to get better, and how much nicer the locker rooms look since uh, Kyrie stepped out. But, but you could just tell they're enjoying playing playing basketball again. It makes all the difference in the world. It really does. Yeah. Oh yeah, we haven't even mentioned Brooklyn. Is there anything to make of the start that they're only four and five? Is this an indictment on Kyrie, or is this a small sample size? You don't need this to make an indictment on him. I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not that surprised. I expected them to come out slow. I don't know how many games they're going to win. I know a lot of people thought that they would beat up on some of the worst teams in in the East, but I think the bad teams in the East are maybe. Um, a little bit better than we thought. I mean, Cleveland, we talked about already, they've been a lot more positive than maybe we've expected. So I wonder if some of the easy wins that people counted on for Brooklyn really aren't going to be there. But we'll see. I mean, the team is yet yet to gel. I wonder if they can at all. Um, we haven't heard any more weird rumors or, or things about Kyrie since all the stuff in China. But um, Well, it's be funny because we were questioning D'Angelo earlier, but this team looked a lot better with D'Angelo at the helm. Absolutely. Yeah, because all because all they have to worry about is him like taking pictures of of, of, of guys in the locker room instead of Kyrie just completely just being a complete psychopath. Yeah, really they just took a Snapchat account away. Yeah, exactly. probably got a, a picture of a flat Earth hanging up in his locker. Room. <laughs> I mean, the guy is just a weird dude, and I mean, 
I don't know if you guys listen to Bill Simmons much, but he's redoing this basketball pot thing, and and he talks about this like the secret with, to yep. basketball. Have you guys, I don't know if you guys heard listen to any of that stuff. It's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I, I've read his book a bunch of times. Yeah. I've been listening to the podcast, and for those who don't know, the secret in general is just the idea that basketball is more about basketball. Yeah, it's more about more than what's happening on the floor. It's about a group of people working together and, and really focusing on being greater than the sum of the parts. Kyrie does not is not uh, doesn't have the secret. I don't think so. No, I don't think he embraces it. You got to wonder if being on LeBron's team was perfect for him because he didn't really have a choice to speak up. LeBron probably just turned and looked at him and went, "Kyrie, shut up." Yeah, and that was kind of the end of that. So I think we'll see what kind of leader Durant is next year, though. That should be interesting. It's kind of like his yeah. legacy, right? That is. It is. I mean, he's been fun to watch on the sidelines. I wonder how much he is involved. He seems to be very engaged during the games. But next year, once he starts to play, you got to wonder how he fills in. And I don't think we're going to get the same guy. I think if we had the LeBron, I mean, not LeBron, Durant, uh, you know, that was leading the Warriors, I think it would be really interesting. I'm going to be really surprised if he comes back at anything at 80%, anything above 80% of what he was. Yeah, I think his offensive game will be solid. I don't think a lot of that stuff suffers from – what his injury is going to be. I think defensively it's where he takes the big step backward. Um, and creating. quick. Yeah, that's true. And his ability to initiate and, and drive to the basket. But I think he'll still be hitting a lot of those jump shots and, and being really dynamic. So I'm a little more optimistic. But you make a good point. Absolutely. All right, let's jump into some of the lines we have for tomorrow. Um, Philly's playing right now, so we don't have a Philly-Orlando line. Memphis visiting Charlotte. Looks like the Hornets here are minus two and a half. I'm seeing a total of 220. Spread, what are your initial reactions to those numbers? This is a game that I don't want to bet. Um, Charlotte's been better than we've expected, wouldn't you say? Like, I, I wouldn't, you know, my preseason idea, I'd be like, oh, Memphis is way better. No. John Morant, best player on the floor. But it hasn't really turned out that way in Charlotte. You know, even though they don't really have a lot of named players, they've been covering spreads. Well, also, Memphis won't play their guys. It's so frustrating from a – Talking about you know swinging back to DFS like Moran, I have him in fantasy too. Like the guy won't they won't let him play thirty minutes. It's stupid. I mean they 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 play ten guys and you know they don't really care if they lose. I feel like. Oh yeah, I think they're thinking they need another player and they want to be in the lottery. Yeah, again. so it's like how and can you bet on that team? That's not really if you think about it from a Grizzlies fan perspective. That's not really that bad. Right? No, not another lottery style talent to the. JJJ Morant deal, and Absolutely. then you know we've really got a good chance. But from a, I just backed you to cover a spread side. It sucks. Yeah, I bet Memphis a couple of times this year, and I didn't enjoy either game. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I was looking at, maybe an under that total of uh, two twenty, looks pretty high to me. You know, both teams have offensive ratings below one hundred five. Pace is is not really fast for either team, so I wonder if that two twenty, I might be tickling an under there. Does that make any sense to either of you? Yeah, you know, Memphis started fast and they slowed a little bit because they were they started off as one of like they were like top ten in pace. I don't know. I mean, they're not efficient, so it doesn't necessarily matter. But yeah, their pace is right around one hundred and five. That's a little faster than okay. league average. It's not that much. Third, but you know, not super yeah. super fast. Yeah. I'm, so maybe an under there, but it doesn't yeah, sound like they have anything strong there. Um, I'm sure Memphis will actually be a first quarter play for me, but we'll see how that Ooh. goes. Clippers plan in Houston. We don't have a line for that. The Wizards of Washington go to Boston. The Celtics laying 11 points, total of 227 and a half. Well, I will will say, you know, why we don't have a line for that, right? I'm sorry? Isn't Paul George coming back? 
Oh, it's unknown. That's why we don't have the line. Oh, oh shit. Okay. They said he's coming back. We just don't know if it's Wednesday or Thursday. Oh, man. That would be fun. I, that would be must-see TV if he's back in the lineup. Absolutely. You know what I'm thinking? Because uh, Leonard doesn't play back-to-backs, and I think it is a back-to-back that they'll probably try and stagger him. <laughs> I, I, I previewed the game already, and I kind of um, did it with the assumption that George would be out, and I'll just rework it if it turns out he's going to be in. But um, just with Leonard not playing the back-to-backs, it just seems like it's it'd be smarter for the team to stagger him. Smart, yep. yeah. So Boston minus 11. It looks like the Wizards have actually taken some money. It's opened to 11, but I'm seeing nines everywhere. Pinnacle looks like it's got a nine. Five dimes, bookmaker, bet online, still at nine and a half. So the Wizards have taken some money. Hmm. I guess maybe the Celtics on, I believe, are they playing tonight? No. Um, no. No, they're not. So it's not a back-to-back for them. It's pretty interesting to see the Wizards take some money like that. Um, maybe the Hayward injury. Um, doesn't Does that line move make any sense to either one of you? No. It's because Isaiah Thomas went on Twitter and praised uh, oh. Marcus Smart and then uh, and then asked the team not to have Marcus Smart guard him because he just is coming back right now. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas revenge game. This is a DFS angle. I'm going to have to make sure I remember this for tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's the angle for the game. Look at some player props and try to see if Thomas gets some extra run and if the Wizards let him play a little bit longer. But maybe that not minus interesting. isn't too bad. I'm going to have to research that a little bit more. See, that's it. You know what reminds me of this Cleveland Philly game that we're watching right now? Um, at the opening number, I like it, and then it just moves so far off it. You yeah, know, but it scared you off. Favor. So you I would rather have plus 11, though. That's that's the angle. Oh, the Wizards, for sure. Yeah. And, and at plus 11, I actually like it. Plus 9, no. Yeah. I wonder if maybe a, a Celtics team total over something like that. My guess is their team total is so 228, but, but, but probably right around 1. 17, 118. Actually, that's probably just about that's right. That sounds about right. Yeah. Not a little high. Yeah, maybe then maybe even a Wizards team over team total over because their their number will be right around 110. I bet. Hmm. All right, yeah. so keep looking for an angle there. Doesn't sound like anybody has a strong play there. San Antonio visits Minnesota. Uh, line open Minnesota minus one and a half. Looks like it's starting to bleed into the twos. Total was 229. Took some under money. I'm seeing 227 and a half right now. Wow. I do like the under look there. Yeah. Um, San Antonio's played at a, re- a pretty slow pace, I believe. Let me just double check. Yeah, they have. And Minnesota is, Minnesota is actually a pretty fast pace. pace team. Yeah, Minnesota actually is. You're right. They're a little faster at like 107. Let me see where San Antonio is. So Minnesota's only laying two at home? Yeah, Minnesota is that's, only like that's crazy to me. I, I mean, they don't have any answer for for cat. I don't. That doesn't make any sense. And I, I'm, I'm lower than most probably on the Spurs. I really don't think they're very good. Well, the Spurs so. are the same road team that they were in the past. I don't believe. I think they've kind of fallen off. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, they. So I like I like backing them at home. I'm almost putting them in like the Denver Utah category where I back them at home and fade them on the road. Yeah, I like that. So we like Minnesota minus two then. Yeah, I would, yeah. I would definitely bet that. All right, Minnesota minus two. I, I like that as well. I think that's a good look. Um, yeah, I, I think the minus two, I might even try to sell to like a two and a half or something like that, see if I can get it down to even money. Yeah, absolutely. Toronto goes to visit Portland. Um, opened Portland minus four and a half, down to Portland minus three. Total from 219 up to 221 and a half. So the over's taken some money. Toronto's taken some money. Um, spread, what do you think? I know you're a big fan of both of these teams. I know, and I like the way Toronto's playing a lot better right now. And even though they, you know, they should have some sort of fatigue, it doesn't seem to be bothering them. This, this, <laughs> Toronto was weird. 
they were always good on back-to-backs. They were one of the best teams to bet on a back-to-back because the adjustment, they weren't showing the same effects that the, the, the market would adjust for them. So I like Toronto here. Yeah, I think that was, you know, that was because they're really, they really deep, right, for a long time. I also like Toronto more, but more because of, of the Portland side. They have they don't have any anything as far as big men go. I mean, they have nothing, absolutely nothing. I mean, Hazonia is getting run at the center for fuck's sake. Like, what are we doing here, guys? So I, I yeah. think I think that's that's especially I mean with with you know, Van Fleet playing good defense and, and the kind of D they can play. I, I don't that team looks lost to me. I think you're right. As, as hard as it is for me to say, I think it is Toronto or Pass here. I mean, who on Portland gets anywhere near trying to slow down Siakam? <laughs> I mean. Yeah, no. I can't figure that out. I mean, are they going to put Anthony Simons on him? I don't. And same thing. Even if Whiteside plays Gasol, that's a huge advantage. Gasol over Whiteside. I mean, Gasol's shooting will suck about away from the basket anyway. Portland really needs Zach Collins bad. Like it's it's crazy to think that he was such an integral part in their in in their um you know their 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 game plan both offensively and defensively. But since he's gone out, they look just bad. So JD, I know this is a little offshoot, but are you a big Gonzaga guy too? Or no, not? hell no, no, I hate okay. no, no. <laughs> Gonzaga refused to play us for like four or five years, know. so no, no. <laughs> okay, no. All right, so we sounds like we like Portland plus three, or are we going? No, Portland? we like Toronto. I'm sorry, Toronto. Sorry, Toronto plus three. I said the wrong team in the right number. So Toronto plus three. I imagine the money line will maybe be somebody there in like the one plus one twenty, plus one twenty five range. You guys going to take the three points or grab the money line? Take the three. three. That's not enough value. Yeah, I'd want like plus one twenty five, plus one forty. And then we don't have a line for it, but the Warriors are playing tomorrow. Um, so I'm taking the Lakers team total over. No matter what. <laughs> Blind. <laughs> No matter what the number is. All right, gentlemen, that's about just about everything that I had to cover. Spread, any more thoughts or questions for our guest? No, this is a great time. Absolutely. So, J.D., you can find him on Twitter at J-M-A-Z-Z-J-D. Anything you want to plug a little bit? You know, we talked about the for-profit podcast. Um, I know you write articles pretty regularly. Why don't you uh, tell the people what you're doing and where they can find you? Absolutely. So, obviously, the, the main focus is, is uh, golf. Uh, golf is in the in the slow time right now, but starting January 1st, be back, Tournament of Champions, the Honda there in Hawaii, and then coming back to the States in the desert and the West Coast Swing. So, all kinds of content coming for that. Um, the Masters will be obviously epic. I need to get on here before the Masters for sure because you guys, we, we got, I got to talk to everybody about the Masters, right? <laughs> and then um, Pac-12 football, been doing really well this year in Pac-12 football. So that's uh, that's another thing that I that I pay close attention to. And you know, always any anyone who wants to reach out, questions, you know, conversations. I, I love uh, I love sports. I love gambling. So uh, just reach out and say hi. Love your golf stuff. I tail all the first round leaders. Yeah, I tail fun. It's the best. They've been pretty damn good this day. Uh, un, unsustainable, but it's been it's been a lot of fun this year. <laughs> well, it's sustainably unsustainable yeah. for a few years now. So I'm going to continue to believe, and I figure if our buddy Bo believes, what the hell? There you go. That's that's all I need right there. That's it. <laughs> all right, gentlemen. Unless you have anything else, thank you everybody for listening. We really appreciate it. We'd love a rating and review on whatever app you're using using to listen to the podcast. Follow us at NetworthPod on Twitter so you can be first in line to get all the podcasts and we post them and, and reach out with any thoughts or questions. Have a great week. Thanks, guys. Good luck and all your wagers.